Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. News team, assemble! And bigger than ever, it's the unofficial 40 from Soonerscoop.com. Now, here's the entire Soonerscoop crew, Carrie, Josh, Eddie, and Bob. All right, welcome back, everybody. It is time for another edition of the MidFirst Bank unofficial 40 podcast. Remember, go check out midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40 and apply for the OU Rewards credit card. I'll tell you more about that as we go along, but welcome, welcome back in. Uh, we we bring in the entire gang. Josh McQuistion is there uh, entertaining Linda uh, and uh, Eduardo no, Naharadosovich. That would be awesome if I was Eduardo Nahara. <laughs> Eduardo Naharadosovich uh, is with us as well. My eight-year-old self would be, I was going to say, coming all over the place, think, but that wouldn't make sense. Oh, my God. <laughs> Have some well, at least you said it so we all know. Off to a roaring start here. Uh, hey, we're talking basketball. That's Bob Prisbillo. He is Roberto. Uh, so this first segment is dedicated to Jason Kersey because the Sooners uh, won last night in a must-win game against Texas. It was uh, it was a laugher. It was easy. And Eddie and Bob, you were both there to uh, take it all in. The Sooners played a little defense. Uh, you don't have to cancel the rooms in Atlanta quite yet. Christian Doolittle, so uh, he uh, played through his broken nose, even though it was not so easy weird. for him. It wasn't. It really, like, you Bob figure, pissed him off on Twitter. I, di- I can't get him smiling. I went back-to-back days where he's got this just terrible look on his face. It's like, he doesn't smile. He's a broken nose. Why would he be happy? <laughs> I think he was most upset that, you know, his two black eyes are sitting there with him. <laughs> You know, not smiling. He had a hell of a game, though, for a guy that has a broken face. And for someone who needed to adjust, that first sure. half, he he pointed to his chest twice to to tell Lon, you got to take me out. Yeah. I don't know what's going on yet. And he only had four points at half and scored 15 in the second half. Really carried the day when Austin Reeves did it in the first half. Somehow, Brady Manick scores 15 points without making a three. Just a lot of those supporting pieces all came together the way that Kirk Quest played with the five block block shots. I mean, this is one of the few teams where OU was bigger, and that's something you could tell Manic and Doolittle been waiting for after being bounced around by Baylor and Kansas and guys like yeah. that. This was a team, they were the bigger team, and they showed it. It was probably the most complete game Oklahoma's <laughs> played all season. It seemed like every guy that had a a moment on the floor, maybe outside of Alondis Williams, who threw an entry pass and, and then yanked, played a minute 25 <laughs> on Tuesday night. But 
Uh, it seemed like every guy had some type of you look, contribution. Even Jalen Hill. Jalen Hill, he, five he, five. he played five like points. eight minutes yep. and had some pretty impactful moments. You know, if he doesn't get called for a couple of those charges, he might have really put up some numbers. Gary if- Pollard didn't have his best <laughs> night. He didn't bring his A game last night to the peak. I think he got intimidated by Sam Presti sitting in the uh, stands. How was uh, Tech versus Mississippi State in the peak? I'd say probably about the same. Same. The only yeah. thing there were more tech fans than Mississippi sure. State, so yeah. it actually it felt bigger, and that's why louder. I think a lot of people thought maybe that's why they did it. Both teams wearing red, you can't tell which which fan base is which fan base. Because there are actually people on that very front row of seats that were tech that were Texas Tech people. Yeah, the, there's a I think there's a decent tech contingent. In Oklahoma City, they just had Every no. Once in a while, you'll run into somebody well, wearing some. They had no stuff. no reason to get fired up. That that was the thing. So you didn't know how big of a supporting crowd they had because they had no reason to start cheering. There's not a. I mean, you know, what's your options if you went to Tech? You're you're not going to stay in West Texas. No, unless you're, you're living. Unless you're big time in an Abilene. Yeah, you're either going north or you're going east. It's really not that far. No. Lubbock. No. It was a good crowd, though. I mean, I, it wasn't. It wasn't just it was, insane. See, that's why I went. I told. I told you guys last week. I wanted an in-game picture of Texas TCU because if you would have taken a picture at the peak at seven fifty-five, you would have laughed your ass off. It probably would have been about the same. And but then by eight fifteen, it's like you know this crowd isn't that bad. And they definitely they they brought the noise and the team played played well. Yeah, they also played well. It allowed them to cheer more. But I mean. So now they're seventeen and eleven. I assume they'll be an eleven seed when they go through the projections. I was watching Van Pelt while I was putting everything up last night, and uh, Lenardi has OU as the first by uh, first four in the 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 first four. He had the first four out in and the first four out, and OU is at the very top. So like, okay, you got to think if they beat West Virginia, then they're back in that ten nine category again they even be, though west if, virginia if they a, beat west virginia they're gonna be in fourth place in the big 12 right, right? Yeah, that's true i mean it's it's kind of crazy how those all those teams are jumbled and that's i think i mentioned seven it, and eight <laughs> i mentioned it on the on the uh u40 last week i think i'm done with west virginia they can't score the basketball boy i and they're the one team you go on the road you're not worried about oklahoma state iowa state kansas state ou showing up as much because west virginia Really can't score enough to distance OSU should have been up 10 at halftime yeah. in Morgantown. And then they obviously just played awful in the second oh, half. It was, but it was brutal. They West Virginia, that team is literally taking years off Bob Huggins' life. I feel bad for the guy. Qual- the qualifier output is if, uh, Col- if uh, Culver has as many two-foot shots as he did in Norman, I don't, think, make the- I don't think they missed 22 two-foot shots in you you, would, you wouldn't think so, but I've watched West Virginia. <laughs> I feel like since that game, they, all they do is miss shots inside in the paint. It's it's really kind it's of it's going to be hard to watch. It's it's going to be a hard to watch. And I don't game. expect Oklahoma to win either. I'd also because they're on the road. Well, just the, I, this team is very inconsistent. They're just a very average kind of mediocre team. But if you get play like they did last night or on a Tuesday night. They can compete with people. You get a little a little bit of break playing Tuesday, going to Saturday, and they finally found minutes for Brady Manick to sit. He only played 27 minutes 
last night, and he didn't play any going down the stretch as they left Kirk Queth in, and maybe he'll get his legs back because it's clear right now he has nothing left on that on that shot during the last couple games. So uh, down the stretch here, you've got – I mean, the Big 12 tournament obviously is still out there, and you could get some some pretty good wins in that thing. But it's you crazy. go on the road to West Virginia. You still have to go to TCU, and then Texas, and then Texas the at senior home. night next Which Tuesday. Texas is starting to play middle exactly. In it, Texas plays Tech Saturday, and if te- Texas were to win that game, then you're looking at a major showdown in Lubbock. I would, yes, I would add. Yep. So, uh, Not likely, but no, I I think uh, you know, <laughs> in, in kind of a weird way, I don't know if Shaka's done enough to save himself down there, but. Uh, it, they have made a run, I guess. They've won, they've won three in a row. They've won three in a row, but if they lose to Not Tech... Not anymore. That son of a bitch, Russell Westbrook, isn't around Oklahoma City anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but if they lose to Tech and then the Sooners, then they're once again on the wrong wrong side of the bubble, and there's no chance of making it. I would... If you had to say right now, I think the, the five teams that get in are the five teams that we've thought are going to get in for a while now, including Oklahoma being that fifth team. Or the fourth team, whichever way you want to look at it. Them in West Virginia flip-flopping. I think no matter what happens, we're going to see Kansas and Baylor playing for the championship in in Kansas City. They're just so much better than everybody else. I'd probably say that's probably right. And I I I think Kansas is just that much better than Baylor, too. I know Mm. they they lost in Lawrence, but... Dotson was hurt in that Dotson was hurt. They don't... Nobody in college right now has an answer for Ozabuki inside. Yeah. Or at least none of the teams in the Big 12 do. And he's so much better this year. You know what's crazy is we were talking last night that this Kansas team is good, but it kind of shows you where the state of college basketball is. They're like, that'd be like the they're like the eighth or ninth best Kansas Bill team Self in the last team, decade. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, yep. it's kind of crazy. And they they might be the best team in the country. They, I mean, they've got they've got guys that can score. They've got a big man. They play defense. They've got a defensive stopper. Like nobody has that. I mean. Baylor's what? got some guys that, you know, they've got good length. Like, their length surprised me in that second game with OU. Like, they just, they just dominated. I mean, they're, they're, they're very physical inside. They have a lot of length and they play good defense and then they make big shots when they have to make them. Like, they don't blow anybody out, really, but they don't let anybody win when it gets to be crunched time. They're kind of like the Thunder a little bit. Yeah, what you appreciate about both those teams, they don't have the what-the-hell-just-happened games. Like, oh, you had in Bedlam at Kansas State. Like, they they bring it every single night. There's there's something to be said about that. Like, even last night, like Duke losing the Wake Forest and double overtime, you don't see that with Kansas and Baylor. They just keep rolling. This segment brought to you by Jason Kersey, uh, and Love uh, you, Jason! Josh McQuestion is sitting silently, just waiting for us to shut up. Which I don't. Uh, he's got the Houston camp. Th- that's just my time in the penalty box. I just hang out. Like I used to try and talk. I was like, box. I just sound like a dumbass. Like I was like, I sound terrible when I talk basketball. So I'll just abstain. The only part I was going to add is like, like I, because you guys, the only thing that I could relate to is because I used to watch a lot of college basketball, and I, you guys were talking about Kansas and how they would relate. And I was thinking like. What would this Kansas team do against like that group that had like Jacques Vaughn and LaFrance and Paul Pierce and those guys? Like they'd get run out of the arena. Yeah. Yeah. That's all see, <laughs> yep. that literally yeah. that's how exciting my college basketball takes are. They're twenty years dated. <laughs> yeah, when you start off with Jacques Vaughn, <laughs> bam. Jared Hass. 
Oh my god. <laughs> my my I'm more of a Brady Heslip guy, but that's just me. My brother-in-law is a huge Kansas fan, and he has met Jared Hass like several times, and is like, he's excited about it. Like he thinks that's <laughs> a great starstruck. Thing. Yeah, make, no, like, make me bring up Kevin Pritchard. See, I don't even know that one. That that's just mm-mm. that's a no for me. He's from Tulsa. Uh, all right, so yeah. there's a lot of stuff going on recruiting wise. I know there's you know Josh, you just did the Houston Rivals camp, but a lot of buildup out there right now for the March first weekend. Uh, as you see more and more names kind of starting to commit to that. And really, uh, spring games, you know, I've seen a lot of stuff about, you know, A&M's looks like they're going to try and make their spring game a pretty big, well, they're like March or April 7th, I think. Is that, or that is is the weekend? 11th or 4th. Something like that. Yeah. So I, I've just seen people saying I'm committing to going to A&M or whatever, but, uh, I, Josh, I don't know where you want to start first. I guess we'll start with Houston. Just kind of uh, what you saw down there. Uh, what were obviously, um, you know, you, you got to see a lot of guys. Some guys maybe uh, that didn't show up. Just kind of give your impressions of of the guys that you saw and, and what really stood out to you at the Houston Rivals camp. Well, you know, the thing, and we've talked about it on the pod for over a year now. The offensive line talent in Houston and this. Yeah, uh, it's not just 2021, but largely built on 2021. It's just insane. I feel I like mean, Ruben Fathery has been going to camps for about ten years now. Yeah, and he wasn't even at this one. I mean, like that. that I mean, like that tells you how crazy it was. Because what they did, that I thought was kind of cool this year, was they had each like group of offensive linemen work as five the whole time. So like. The first group out was at right tackle was Cam Dewberry, a 2022 uh, Oklahoma offer that's going to come up in the spring. Right guard was Bryce Foster. Uh, center is Luis Chavaria, a center from Houston Episcopal that's got some offers. Left guard's Donovan Jackson, who's committed to Ohio State. And left tackle's Hayden Connor, who's going to Texas. Like, I mean, that's a – if you could just tell a coach, like, they could have that camp offensive lineman, they'd be done with recruiting for the year. I mean, like, that's a – stellar five to have and again i mean chavari is a guy that most people don't know and i think he's got three or four power five offers i mean it's just crazy and then you throw in that fathery wasn't there colin montgomery the ou commitment wasn't there there's just a lot of offensive line talent in the houston area and um you know obviously foster is the guy to talk about talking to him i had a first chance to do a you know kind of in-person interview with him in a couple of months really and I think Oklahoma's making a legitimate run at him. I, I really think he likes what he's hearing from them. He was really impressed with the way Oklahoma kind of presented the track and football and how they could work together and kind of had laid out a schedule for him, what his springs would look like. Um, just very organized. I think that really kind of impressed him. And I'm sure other schools will now follow suit. But the fact that Oklahoma had given it that forethought, I think, really made an impression on him. Uh, he'll be back for his official visit for the spring game like we were just talking about. And that's that's a big deal for Oklahoma. I, I think he is a guy that has said he's going to take his final official visit in like November and it'll be to Oregon. I I don't know. We'll we'll see if he runs it that far. He's certainly not a guy that, that I get the feeling just hates all of this. But at the same time, I, I think Bryce is a guy that likes some simplicity in his life and he might say, okay, I've seen what I need to see. I'm going to go ahead and be done with this because I just don't know about a Houston kid going to Oregon in November and falling in love. That just that doesn't add up to me. Um, you know, 
the the other is Cam Dewberry, like I mentioned, a uh, big time tackle from Atascacita. Uh, go, like I said, he's going to come up, and I think in a couple of weeks, he's a little unclear. It's his spring break is like March 9th through the fifteenth, and that's the week he's going to come up. Though he doesn't know what day yet. Uh, we could go over a whole bunch of guys. Terrence Cooks was very impressive. Obviously, Cody Jackson, the wide receiver commitment from Richmond Foster, got the five star invite. So there's a, I mean, you know, it's it's whatever you guys kind of want to talk about. I don't want to run on for thirty minutes like I did last week. Well, all right, I'll go now that it's over. Who do you feel better in terms of the Sooners' chances with, and who maybe do they have a lot more work than what you might have first thought? I kind of touched on Foster. I feel a little more positive, but the guy that I will say that I kind of came away with, and I think it will surprise people, was Terrence Cooks. And I say that not because Texas doesn't have a big lead. Texas does have a big lead. They they do. They really impressed him and his family when he went there. But I think anybody listening to that interview, Terrence Cooks is pretty excitable. Like he he is a high energy guy. And I get the feeling he's going to be one of those guys that kind of falls in love several places he goes. So Oklahoma getting him up this Sunday for that March 1st weekend, I think maybe there's a chance he comes out saying a lot of the same things he had to say about Texas. Like, just, I love it. I, my family loved it. You know, Coach Odom's great. You know, just all the things that you need to hear to feel like Oklahoma has a chance there. And, you know, kind of to wrap up his story, he was outstanding. Linebacker MVP, it won't shock me if he doesn't end up getting a five-star invite down the road. I think he came in not basically not highly ranked enough to kind of be a guy that the, the regional and national guys had checked off on and said, okay, if he's good at camp, invite him. They just didn't know enough yet. I think in time he may end up being a five-star challenge kind of guy because he was – he looked like a Rivals 100 linebacker out there moving around on uh, on Saturday. Oh, excuse me, on Sunday, he was he was absolutely dominant. Just from what I saw in, in the video that you sent back, that was I very impressive. Just as far as off the hoof of of seeing him move around, I thought that was incredible. Uh, what do you what do you bet that Bryson Washington and him get into contact during his time in Norman? Oh, I, I think that's a good possibility, and it makes a ton of sense. I mean, you're talking about two very He kind of just lived it, didn't types. he? Yep. I mean, I, and just I, as far as his recruitment, Bryson's. Sure. And, and, cause, and, and that's a great point, Eddie, because he can come to Terrence and be like, look, man, everybody thought I was going to Texas. I, I did love Texas. You know, I kind of thought that might be where I was going to go. And then I came up here, gave it an honest look, and realized – you know, however Bryson wants to pitch that. But, you know, it's like I, I, I've said, I, I don't know at this point what Texas is selling. Like, I, I don't know what the pitch is other than you're from the state of Texas. You're supposed to come here. Well, I think any anybody that has paid attention to social media world uh, would probably recognize or realize Roy Manning has been pitching uh, not so subtly the last month and a half, it seems like. I, and to you know, I love it because we we talk about it all the time, guys. I th- there needs to be bad blood in this thing. Like it shouldn't be friendly, and you know, it's it's not supposed to be. It's a rivalry, and they are going for all the best players, and they're going head to head a lot. Oh, I want and, oh, I want Roy Manning and uh, Carrington and Carrington to have like a death cage match the night before OU Texas. I'm gonna go ahead and wager a guess that doesn't go well for Carrington. Um, Why? Because he's never won anything in his life. Well, I mean, I don't. 
know that unless you know, he brings most a, home well, it, most former Home Depot employees are I, taking I was, on. I was just getting ready to say unless players. yeah unless he brings a hammer from Home Depot, I think uh, I think Roy Manning should be okay. Yeah, yeah, and you know Manning's just a bigger guy than I think people think he is. He he's a uh, that's that's a fit dude. Um, yeah, he's a large man. Yeah, I agree but, though. I agree with you. There needs to be some bad blood, but I do yeah. think that the Bryson Washington aspect uh, is at least interesting. An interesting pitch that he could throw to somebody and say, "I've, I've been here for a couple of weeks. You know, love it, or maybe he hates it. I don't know." Sure. Yeah. No. I I think it makes a lot of sense, and you know, I. Bryson, like I said, is kind of one of those guys that is I, – I don't want to – and I hate to make that the comparison to Buki because that's not really what I'm talking about, but he has that personality that people tend to like. I, I've never heard anyone come away from dealing with Bryson that wasn't like, oh, yeah, that's a good dude. He, he's good to deal with. Like, you know, and obviously for media, he's going to put on the, the right look, and I understand that, but at the same time, there are people that – aren't in the media that have dealt with him that always kind of came away saying like he's kind of a natural leader kind of has that personality and i think that could that could play a role here and like i said we'll see i mean ou's got to make a move with cooks but like i said with we we talked about it last week with oklahoma now having kobe mckenzie potentially in that 2021 class it allows them some freedom to maybe stay in the Cooks race a little longer than they normally would because, you know, let's see how this plays out rather than, no, we got to go find whoever it's going to be if it's not going to be him. Is there uh, is there any potential this year for a uh, Jay Bulware versus OU running backs battle? Got to be. In the state of yeah. Texas? L- yeah, I mean, Wheaton and Johnson? Johnson yeah. I didn't know if Wheaton's, I know- how you know, serious he was on Texas or – I, I definitely get the impression that OU would be in the front of those two for him because um, he seems like a guy that is very much like, you better show me some success. Like, a, a good another good one is like Tanmiche Adelier. Like, I mean, I don't know that OU is going to end up being. Yeah, you guys. That, that I did not have the heart to correct it last <laughs> you, week. But, ooh, you need the two if you care. Um, Come on now, Josh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I, I don't get care. The bo- Bob passive aggressive. Kim, good luck in Gainesville. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I agree. I'm with Eddie. Uh, but no, you know, that was... Unless he signs with OU, then. I never said that. Then, then you're back on the wagon? Sure, sure. Well, I, I mean, never got off the wagon. Uh, Austin, Austin Seibert can certainly explain that, you know, just because you don't say the name right, Eddie, doesn't mean you don't love them. He's so. not your biggest fan. <laughs> Which is no. so strange. I Because of a four-year-old boy, like, and I, and I want, like, I, I'm not going to get into it with him on Twitter, but I'm like, dude... I can show you the stats and where you were when I made that tw- that tweet. I'm pretty confident you would agree that you were not doing it to the level you wanted to be doing it. So, like, I don't know why that maybe he was. Maybe he was just setting everybody up for a big comeback. He, he, I mean, I think at that point he was like two for four, and he missed, he was I, he was. I'll say this: people had started rumors that he had like was losing his leg at yeah. that point. Yeah, that's true. Oh, that's mostly I think due to Schmitty. I, I think the I think the rumor was plantar fasciitis or something like that, which I don't even know if that really exists. I don't think that's real. Yeah. Nasty rumor. It's not like he called him a I think that's midget like, or anything. I think that's like <laughs> mesothelioma. It doesn't really exist. Just lawyers try and scare you on TV with it. That's a fact. Okay, so so that Mayfield video that was somebody off camera, right? Like that was somebody. Oh, that Tony was not Grossi. On, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Not a, a good, good day, day Tony. <laughs> Wasn't a good day Jesus, for you, Tony. God. Arrest the man. Arrest him. <laughs> I do like how, 
like the paper, you know, the the corporate explanation for it is, oh, well, he offended little people. Like, no, <laughs> you're suspending him. No, he, he said, he said <laughs> you called you called Baker a fucking midget. Like. <laughs> You, it wasn't about little people. This no. is about you being, you know, coming off as very unprofessional to the point that your station might get, you know. Well, they're in they're the in ax. contract negotiations right now yeah. for the Browns broadcast. The Browns broadcast, rise. yeah. This isn't about like, little it's the people. Wor- it's the wor- no. If you didn't laugh at that comment, you don't have a sense of humor. First off, Which, by the way, I mentioned this morning that I wonder when Jim Traber's is going to get suspended because he 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 introduces Al Ashback as king of the midgets every day. We could only well, in today's climate, all, all Al has to probably do is just complain about yep. it and <laughs> see ya. You're gone. Hunger strike. Yeah, just go on a hunger strike. That gets everybody's ways these days. I thought it was hilarious, too, because Tony Grossi is just kind of an... He's just an old little bitch that didn't like Baker before because he probably doesn't think he respects the game enough. See the Mac Angle of uh Yeah, Cleveland. like he just... He gets what he deserves. That's why I think it's so funny. I mean, it's, I, did you, you watch the video? I do like how the other guy's sitting there. I think his name's Rizzo or something. And I didn't see the video. He like though. it's because it's a live stream and they're on, uh, they're on a remote. So uh-huh. they're during it's during oh, a commercial okay. break. Oh, he wasn't actually at the combine. No, they are. They're up oh, okay. there, okay. but they're on like a live stream from the uh, combine. Right. So they're just sitting there during the break, and you know the the stream doesn't cut out. So right. he had to have known it was live, that, or they didn't turn down the volume. And they're just kind of bullshitting back and forth. He's like, yeah. And what do we have? A fucking midget. And uh, like the, the guy looks up at the live stream like, <laughs> oh, shit. Like, I get, he's, he's, like Tony looked up? Or no, the no, other guy. Oh, okay. and then Tony's Gross, out of the shot. He's not in it. And then Grossy looks at the other guy and is like, is that on? Like You can see that he's asking if the volume's on. He's like, like F it. You know, well, it I doesn't, this doesn't up. matter. I it's brought, funny. I brought this up. Today, um, this was when OU played in the Insight Bowl and OSU played in the Fiesta Bowl, and Dave Sittler, uh, after um, Bill Young had his press conference, like they were live streaming it then, (laughs) and so Dave Sittler walks up into a walk-off, not realizing that this thing was going out over live stream, and he was kind of doing the thing where he was just trying to have a real conversation with Bill Young because he was uh, John Blake's defensive coordinator at Oklahoma and he called John Blake a slap dick. <laughs> uh, Dave Sittler oh did to Bill and Bill Young's oh no no what you talking about uh, and Sittler took a ton of heat for that. Like it got bad for a while but that's one of those things like I'm always cuz you know we do streaming when we can and I'll cut off the audio like in between people because I don't want to get someone. I don't want to have a gotcha moment with somebody. Yeah, and uh, Hawk will remind us every Monday when we're kind of talking around the press conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be heard. Yeah, yeah, that it picks it up. <laughs> I know Josh has caught some uh, funny yeah, things the, before in the past. Yeah, what was that? There was one that was pretty bad during this season. I can't remember what the hell it was now that I'm thinking about it. Uh, but yeah, oh no, those, those mics are hot and they pick up a lot. Cause I, I know, like I'll hear Eddie every once in a while. I'm like, I know Eddie's not in the front of that room. So, and you know, I, it's uh, not uncommon for us to say horrible things just between us Yeah, that we don't really mean and we would never say, but it, we kind of, it's kind of like a comedian. You say stuff to get a rise out of each other sometimes. And it's, it's just like, 
anybody listening sitting around talking with their buddies like it's like a roast sometimes some of the shit yeah. that comes out of your mouth it's just stuff you're talking about like, oh that i've always thought like the i don't know in a way like the the pc people that just get so upset about something that's said publicly is just it's just locker room talk that's all it is yeah it's yeah. the it's the same people who get mad at you and say that you're like some guy got mad at me last week because I talked about how shitty Terrence Ferguson looked when he you know in they, a game. That's weird. And a guy like said, "Why are you dogging him out?" I'm like, "I'm not dogging him out. Yeah. I just said he, I said what everybody else could see, which is he played like crap." Oh, there's definitely a culture out there that it's the cancel that you culture. Can't, yeah, you can't see two sides of it. You can't if you say like it. Kids these days say it all the time. It's like we see it in recruiting all the time. It's like this guy's a really good player and. Then somebody will fire back, well, he's not as good as, you know, such and such. It's like, I never said that player B isn't good. It wasn't a slight on someone that I wasn't even thinking about. Exactly. See that all the time. It's like the the number one guy in the country, uh, or the number three player at his position thinks that... Slept on. I'm being slept on. By the way, okay, so... Shut up. What's worse, though, uh... Tony Grossi calling Baker Mayfield, hold on, a f***ing midget, or Jerry Judy having a star of David necklace because people call him Jew. <laughs> Isn't that it. a lot worse? I love it. No. I, How is it not worse? Because it's not insulting to a Jewish person. Like, it's not meant to be like, well, you, like, I think it's less not of you. insulting. Oh, it's stupidity is not insulting, <laughs> but like yeah, at the it same is. Time, it's Jewish oh, yeah. appropriation. It's exactly what it is. It's, it's exactly what you're it is. Jewish washing. He's doing it for the jokes. Yes, just like Watley. <laughs> but like, it's it, but you can't say. Yeah, like, I mean, people oh, aren't burning to Judaism just for a necklace. People aren't saying, "Oh, that's Jerry." The Holocaust maybe didn't happen, Judy. Yes, <laughs> and by the way. Why don't you just put a swastika next to it? Because a Jerry was was what we called the Germans in World War II. That I thought it, it was pretty funny. It's a fu- it's outrage. a funny it's a funny audio clip it, hearing him explain it. It hurts him. I think. I mean, no. Yes, it there's does. not going to be a team You're that doesn't. Cr- no. there, you think there's uh, not? Uh, uh, there's going to be a team that doesn't draft well, him if it, because he's because some teammates call he's, him Jew. He's gonna he's gonna be not because a teammates call him a Jew, but because he got the star of David. Why would that that would that shows poor if, judgment? If that if that prevents a GM from drafting him, that GM should not only be fired immediately, no, he should be like, arrested. The GM that's going to draft him is... And you should take, so, you should take CeeDee Lamb ahead so of him So desperate. I mean, well, I think that that solidified that CeeDee Lamb is going to be the first wide receiver taken. I feel like the... Unless CeeDee Lamb comes out with a, you know, upside-down cross, you know, at the next availability or something. Yeah. This is an upside-down cross. I'm not a Christian, so I put it upside down. What if you said that? (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) It was a bad Uh, example given by me. But no, there's just funny. There's going to be nothing to pay from that for Jerry Judy. Like, and it's just the only thing I thought of was the Chappelle Show racial draft. And I thought I had one of my great tweets of all time that literally no one gave a shit about. Those are the worst. Those are the worst when you put something out there that you think is really funny and it flops. 
Yep. I, I, or you're I just ahead of your of, time is what it was. I, I had the picture of, uh, oh, uh, damn, the rapper that was in that race draft. He was the black delegation. His name was Ron oh, Dell. Uh, on the show. Uh, uh, old Dirty uh, Bastard? Most Def. It was most oh, Most Def. Def. And most Def plays the, the leader, and I was like, your move, Rondell. And like, so I just, and it was a picture of him, and I was like, and he's like on the phone talking. I was like, this is perfect. And nobody gave a shit about it. I thought it was funny as hell. It made me laugh. Here, let me ask you this, Josh. We'll get back on track here a little bit. Make the argument of why a team would take a Jerry Judy over CeeDee Lamb. Because to me, in my small mind. It'll be because he runs a 4 3 four forty. Just the. But and then won't. straight up faster, yeah, just straight line speed. I would say. I mean, what? He's somebody mentioned it on the board. But it's not that big. What is the? What are we expecting CD to run? I say low four, four five best at best. Yeah, I'll say low four fives. Like four, he runs a four four five. He's gonna make a lot of. Oh money. yeah, yeah. I went four four nine was my guess, and I I don't think CD runs that every day of the week. But with I bet you money that's been seventy percent of what he's been working on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like I mean, it, it's kind of like. Kyler showing up and suddenly being 5'10 plus. Kyler, Kyler Murray ain't 5'10 plus walking around every day, all day. It ain't happening. But He spent a lot of time a, hanging upside down in the exactly. Like, I mean, because Baker talked about it on the on um, Pardon My Take about how there was stuff that you could do to make yourself taller when you needed to be. Like you could, you could kind of sneak it around, and I'm sure Kyler did the same shit. Uh, but no, I, I, I think Lamb will run – I'll tell you my bold prediction: Kenneth runs faster than than CD. Ooh, ooh, that is a bold prediction. I I think Kenneth is going to test it, just stupid. I think it's going to be very interesting over the next. I'll give four you four days. Kenneth Murray and uh, Neville Gallimore yeah. have a chance to be kind of the in a way the darlings of the combine, don't they? Yep. If yep, he I runs do. a four seven five, he will be the talk of the combine. Is it more? Would it be more yeah, important? Would, yeah, it, would it be more important for Alex Grinch and Brian Odom and the entire defensive staff? Just Oklahoma as a whole. Oh my God! Get ready for the social outbreak when those <laughs> two get drafted. Do you think it's more important for them to have a good combine and get drafted than it was for a guy like Kenneth Murray to even come back to school? Like, could it be argued that him going is it, in the is first it round for OU for those in the guys long to run. get the NFL exposure than it is to come right, back? Right. I, yes. think I think that's could. a great yeah. question. I think you're probably right. Yeah. And it's it's that's kind of a really messed up way to talk about it because, it, I mean, obviously. It's going to help it quicker. Yeah, Brian Odom would want Kenneth Murray to come yeah, back next season. If, but If Murray came back, he's still a first-round guy for next year. But the fact that you did a year earlier, you know, a year sooner, now you've got recruits for 2021 and 2022 already say, believing. I would say this. If you could trade those two guys in and not be drafted in exchange for a safety going in the first round, that'd be the best thing that could happen. Yeah. Although yeah. that's well, like, and, we're starting to play Fantasy Island here. Well, I mean, and guys, an interesting angle of this, we were just talking about Terrence Cooks, and I mean, we can, you know, if we want to go back to that Houston camp at all, we can, but Terrence Cooks is a Houston guy, and there was a big story in the Chronicle this week about Kenneth Murray and all the work he's done, like the training and all that stuff that he's doing. I, if I'm OU, I'm... I'm buying 20 copies of that and sending it to him as soon as I can put it in the mail. Like, I mean, I, I, I want, I, I want everybody. I mean, what like year I said, do you Cooks think this is, Josh? And you're right. I mean, it's not, it's, it's not that he's going to read the article. I thought it was a really good <laughs> idea. Look at the picture. Son of a bitch. Whatever. Damn it. <laughs> Murdoch, you motherfucker. 
We haven't old old man Josh in a while, okay? Let me have my moments. I mean, you figured um, Neville was going to get drafted anyway, but based on what he yeah. did last, now all of a sudden he's a first-round projection. Like, that never yeah. would have happened heading into last year. I'm cu- I mean, I am legitimately curious to see, you know, with Murray, vertical, broad, standing broad jump. I never get too worked up about the three-cone ever since Jordan Thomas broke the record at the Combine. Shattered it. Destroyed it. <laughs> Somebody, we had to do a double take. We're like, is that really correct? Somebody, like, did they did they crack the machine or did they? I think that time alone got him that year in the CFL. Yeah, they were like, well, God, he's got to be good. Look at this three cone he ran. But no, no I mean, no, I he still can't cover anybody. I, and Neville should blow away people in the yeah. bench. I mean. Like, that was the one thing we knew about Neville before anything was that he could bench 500 or whatever it was. So, I mean, there's oh. n- there's not anything he shouldn't just be awesome at in the combine. Well, he I've get, got like 481 for him on a 40. That's my guess. You know, legitimate electronic uh, time. In a way, yeah. the, the, the thing about Neville, and I, I don't know, I, I probably had – Kind of speaking out of turn. How much is Chase Young doing at the combine this week? Nothing. Nothing. Oh, he isn't doing anything. He's not just, doing okay. Just I was going to say and talking to team. Okay. That's all he's doing. Because I was going to say he would be the guy that kind of steals some headlines from Neville. I would say if he were to work out, but it, without him working out, yeah, there's no doubt. Which about I that. really don't understand that. You like Burrow? I don't not, either. When you're a not, freak, not when throwing. you're a freak of nature. I, I go back and forth about the quarterbacks because I can understand. You want to work with your receivers. You want to have your timing right. Like, I kind of get it. A defensive lineman, just go test, man. Like, Chase Young, you're a freak. Just go just go be a freak, and it's going to be all good. See, Baker worked out. Kyler did not. So, they both went number one. Yeah. I, it's easy for a quarterback not to work out because you're not relying on somebody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to have somebody out there to catch balls, right? Yep. And Baker, that kind of that kind but, of but proves I would your say point, though, Josh. Baker needed to work out. He needed to go out there because there were so many questions about his arm. They needed to see him throw against all those other guys. Mm. And I knew, like, if he just went out there and threw, nobody would have any questions yep. about his arm. And that's how it worked out. Yeah. Well, and it's just like we talked about leading into that one, guys. That once people had him in a room, they were going to fall in love with the guy. Like somebody it, was, it, maybe not everybody, yeah. but somebody was. Yeah, you're right. That's fair. That's fair. But like, he wasn't going to be who they thought he was. Like, he's not some turd guy. Like, he wasn't yeah, Johnny he's got, Manziel. He's, yeah, yeah, he's brash and he's got some some confidence, maybe some cockiness, whatever. But he's not like a shithead. Like, he's not a bad dude that's going to embarrass you or anything like as that. As long as he's not at the cheesecake factory. Cheesecake factory. So how how conf- well, that, that just kind of died, didn't it? Yes, because yeah. I think I as think, soon as everybody yep. saw that skank, they were like, "Yeah, yeah this can't like, be." She's yeah, not doming up Baker Mayfield, <laughs> all right? Yeah, <laughs> even an NFL quarterback, he can go trolling a lot harder than that. So. It's a it's it's a bad indictment even to have that out there. How how confident do you feel that? Of course, she did. He just is dirty. Sooners will have three first round draft picks. Ooh. About seventy five percent. Ooh. Really, I'm I'm pretty strong. I'm not on Gallimore. I, I, not, I'm not sure. You think Murray's think a surefire first rounder? Yes, I do. Yeah, I do. Murray Especially and Lamb for sure. Yes. When he tests, it's over. Oklahoma I mean, having two first round draft picks on the defensive side of the ball has not happened in my lifetime. 1984 is the last time it happened. Rick Bryan and 
You know who? Here's a hint. You said on he the radio, a, he was so a, I can't. Yeah. You, <laughs> Bob, don't answer. Here's a hint. Much like Sherry Cole, he stole money while working at Oklahoma. Much like Sherry Cole, he stole money. Oh, Jackie Ship. Nice. Very nice, Josh. Well, he didn't steal. He I'm was just good kidding. For a long time yeah, for, I'm just for kidding. For the last few yeah. years, you could make that claim. It's more of a funny yeah. thing to say. As soon as uh, uh, that's as that's soon, like our locker room talk thing. We're just we're just joshing. <laughs> we're j- that was a dick. That was a mainstay of Sooner Scoop. Just joshing. I still get that from Len Bias. He'd be like, "What time for a just Josh?" And I'm like, "Oh my god, I wouldn't even know where to start anymore." I had that shitty picture of me, like, it looked terrible. That graphic was just awful. Um, but guys, I hadn't even thought about it until I was looking at uh, at Bob's story on the front page of SoonerScoop.com. Um, OU is going to have more defensive players drafted than offensive players. Yeah, I mean, if Parnell Motley gets picked, yep. which I think he will. That's I wonder when the last time he that deserves it. That I mean that would be the biggest crime. That would be yeah. That would be I mean that would be Tony Jefferson ish ish. Oh, to go undrafted? Yeah, yeah. I can't see that with happening. a year he had. Yeah, I'd like if I'm him, I'm like just put the Big Twelve Championship tape on and watch Denzel Mims just get shut down. In a way, I think that you know, kind of what you just said, Josh, emphasizes even more so what kind of rebuilding year they were having to go through on the offensive side of the ball last year. And not a rebuilding year, but, I mean, I think it was uh, Jar or somebody put up on the board the... Tw- Neil. It was Neil, was it Neil? It was, it was Neil. The uh, 2017 offense and all the guys that have been drafted off of that team. Yeah. It's an incredible list. By the way, real quick, I want to get back to something uh, with the Combine and what's going on. Uh, but I want to remind you guys, uh, MidFirst Bank... Uh, is the exclusive provider of the OU credit card. Make sure you go to midfirst.com slash U40. That's midfirst.com slash U40. If you go there, it'll take you to a special page where you can apply for the OU Rewards card. Uh, A lot of great deals with that. You can uh, get 15,000 bonus points by spending $1,000 in the first 90 days uh, from account opening. Also, 0% APR for the first year. And uh, you can register for chance to win uh, ultimate game day experiences, all kinds of stuff uh, with your rewards credit card. So go sign up. Uh, it's got the big Go You logo right on there when you get the card. So everybody knows every time uh, you shop that uh, you are a huge OU fan. So midfirst.com slash U40. Uh, thanks to midfirst.com for being our uh, presenting sponsor, our title, title sponsor for the unofficial 40 podcast. Now, one thing, you know, that, that, comes out inevitably and it becomes it's kind of like you know we talked about a lot everybody's just waiting to be outraged by things uh look i don't think that you know lamar jackson got the whole are you gonna work out at you know wide receiver and stuff like that i guess it's just because we're so close to it we've seen him play and we've seen baker mayfield we've seen kyler murray we know that jalen hurts is not one of those guys like he's he's got some issues throwing the football I do think he's more Terrell Pryor than you know Lamar Jackson I I I just think I don't know if he can be a quarterback in the NFL long term like he but you know that's not really saying you know that's not a negative I mean look how many guys are in the XFL right now and still 
aren't that good at quarterback. Like and like Matt McGloin, I think a lot of people thought he was going to be a pretty good quarterback coming out of college or had the chance to be. He's terrible. Like and I don't know if Kevin Gilbride's just a moron. I think that's probably I think that trending a, in that. Yeah, that could probably be. <laughs> when a you case. get punched by Buddy Ryan on the sideline, that was like ninety three. Yeah. Whew. Now he's bringing up old shit. <laughs> he's old, gosh. Um, yeah, I just, I mean, it's tough to make it in this league as a quarterback. There's not many people capable of playing that position. Well, there's not enough. There's, you, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. Not every NFL team has a great quarterback. You have to be really good. I. It's going to be interesting. And Jalen Hurts, it might just be the perfect time for him that Taysom Hill did what he did. This past season, but let's put Taysom Hill behind center and see how much the that's Saints what love yeah. that's what I was getting at too is the fact that not For only a full game I mean yeah I don't think what Taysom Hill has done in New Orleans a can be replicated because I do think that Sean Payton has done certain things like Sean Payton there aren't Sean Paytons just running all over right, the NFL yeah. right oh. now uh, but at the same time I do think that if you're gonna ask me can Jalen Hurts help an NFL team I'd probably say yes. But is he? Can he be a guy that leads a team to you know a Super Bowl? I don't think so. I mean, look, I've seen very few players in college as good as Robert Griffin the third. He's not good enough He's to not. be an NFL quarterback. Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. And he was one of the best yeah. college quarterbacks. Like walking away from uh, Floyd Casey that night. Oh, God. it's it's been a long time. I don't know if I've had that same feeling as in thinking. I just watched somebody win the Heisman Trophy. Today. Mm-hmm. I mean, it 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 really. Kyler's probably the one guy that made you feel like that. Yeah, and that's because he was playing with a historically bad defense. <laughs> yeah, like he literally every time he touched the ball, they had to score. And maybe you kind of they were going to lose a football game. Maybe you kind of had that feeling a little bit after Baker beat Tech because that was kind of late in the year. He had already won the a, Heisman, but Burrow, yeah. Burrow in the Peach Bowl for me. Yeah. He he'd already won it. Oh though. yeah, no, that was definitely <laughs> but, yeah, a Heisman yeah. moment. Yeah, I was like, holy cow, without a doubt. All right, I'll admit it. This guy's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> After the eighth touchdown, kind of got to give it. To it him. was sometime in between the fifth one and me thinking about jumping off the top of the fucking stadium. <laughs> Let me just say for. <laughs> Guys, don't go back and listen to the two or three podcasts before the Peach Bowl. Oh, oh God. boy! <laughs> well, those Way never happen. They've us been under uh, the bus, Josh. Those never happen. Hey, we're all there. Freezing cold takes would have a field day with some of the things we were Jesus, saying. There. I'm it was not so embarrassed for myself. We should tag them. It wouldn't be a bad marketing opportunity just to throw that out. There. I don't want that marketing dollar. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't know. It works out for Colin Cowherd every week with his Vince Young uh, Tebow comparison. That's pretty good. <laughs> Pretty good. Do you see that? No, uh uh-uh. uh. I haven't. He, it, it's out there now that uh, basically Cowherd said that he compared uh, Vince, Vince Young to, Tebow to Tim Tebow when Vince when he is was older. coming out. When Vince is older. It's like, that's Tebow. impossible. That doesn't make sense. It'd be that impossible for Vince Young to remind him of Tim Tebow. That's just. He saw him in high school. Wow. God, he just says shit. It's Capital amazing. K, period. So anyway, but yeah, I, I, I'm not here for the outrage about Jalen Hurts. I mean, I understand. That I think it's absolutely ridiculous I that think the he people had to that stand up most, there and ask the, get asked those questions. Yeah, but I think the people with the most outrage are the people that just haven't seen him play. Because it's a legitimate football argument. It is. 
Eddie, you don't think that's a real – I think that's a completely valid question. I think his best future is like Taysom Hill. Would you say Taysom Hill's a wide receiver? I think he is a – I don't know. What would you call him? I wouldn't call him a quarterback. No. The Taysom Hill position? He's an H Yeah, I mean, it's like it's, it's almost its own thing. I've never been around Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill just seems like he is a much – well put together That's guy a, yeah, than Jalen Hurts, right? He's, I don't know. Like, might be a more of a Blake Bell than a he than is, a Jalen I mean, Hurts. He is he is the next evolution of the Wildcat quarterback. Really, I mean, I could buy that. Okay, because I think I think at some point, like God, how much would it benefit the XFL to have a, a some type of Taysom Hill with their extra point system? Yeah. I mean, like the XFL is the kind. If the NFL ever moved to that system, they would evolve a, a certain quarterback just for that. Just for two point play just or for, a, for conversion points. plays. Yeah. I could definitely see that. So, do we? Does anybody know off the top of their head what Jalen came in at at the combine? Because I've got Hill. Yes. Right in front of me. Um, oh. oh, I. I could pull it up. Six two and a half two thirty. Would you not say that's almost dead on Jalen yeah. Hurts? No, I think it probably is. I think he came in at I thought it was six two something. Yeah. Yeah. Forty four point four four forty. And that's after he what he blew his knee what twice at BYU? Okay, what'd you say? Six two two forty? Six two and a half, two thirty. You're saying that's shot. Taysom Hill or that's Jalen Hurts? That's, that's Taysom that's Hill. Taysom that's Hill. That's Hill. Jalen Jalen Hurts came in at six one, two twenty two. He's so, bigger. Taysom Hill's bigger. Mm-hmm. 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 And I think four 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 four. I think that's probably a little fast for Jalen, but I don't think it's crazy. Yeah, Taysom Hill is he's a he's kind of like a a, a Toby Gerhardt that can throw. <laughs> that's that's the most. Terrible. Is it because he's white, Carrie? No, I, I, I mean I didn't call him. Uh, He's a grinder. He's a coach's kid. The smart, high, high IQ. No, he's just a motorhead. You know, he's he's a you know Kerry wasn't going to call him Rex Burkhead. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> no, I wasn't. <laughs> Super Bowl champion Rex Burkhead. I don't know. Nebraska fans aren't listening to this podcast, so I can say whatever I want. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I, I think it's a fair question. I think it, I mean, it, like now, it's not. Now, I do think, like, if you are talking about Jalen Hurts as Lamar Jackson's backup and he's going to run that offense which yeah. look he's not he can take a I think he's going to be able to take a beating more than Robert Griffin can cuz that's where he went wrong he just could not physically could not play that style in the NFL cuz he wasn't big enough Jalen Hurts he'll have to bulk up a little bit but he's not far off I mean he could get to 230 without a problem but I mean let's face it he didn't exactly handle the physical toll of, of running the ball a lot in college all he that well. He put the ball on the ground quite a few times. I think and that's so. the yeah. one thing I never expected problem. to say. Mm-hmm. The, the thing about Jalen... I mean, isn't that the funny thing about Jalen Hurts? Like, the, the, the style... I'm sorry to interrupt, but the style that he's playing, he would be asked to play with if he were with Baltimore, he might be undone not by his throwing or his running, but the fact of just ball security. Absolutely. I, that was the one... That was the biggest surprise out of the whole Jalen Hurts experience was the fact that there were points... We were worried about interceptions, not there fumbles. Were, there were points in November that you just couldn't... You couldn't trust him. And well, they did. At halftime of the Baylor game, you were wondering if this guy yeah. should even be the quarterback anymore. The, and the other thing about Hurts and the you know his 
transition into the NFL. There's just too many times that whether it be watching at the game uh, or being at the game, being down on the field or watching the game back, there's just too many times that he just misses guys. And I don't think that that's something that you just wake up and all of a sudden you start hitting guys when the game gets even faster. Like, yeah. I, I think well, he can yeah. make yeah. almost every throw. Now, he's not going to be the most accurate guy that's out there, but I think he can make every throw. It's just a matter of can he make it when he has to. And, you know, we saw perfect example is the play against uh, Iowa State that doesn't get picked off at about the 45-ish yard line over on the uh, uh-huh. east side of the stadium. That's a pick six in the NFL nine times out of ten. Yeah. It just yeah. is. And it was crazy because it was Iowa State's arguably best defensive player that blew the play. It was, was that Eisworth? It was, yeah, it was very, very and, good. And let's face it, he had a little bit of Trevor Knight in him, too, where he would make the worst play at the at the worst time. Carry, oh, my God. Like, I was literally sitting on, like, did you guys feel like there were some Trevor Knight points in that year <laughs> where you were like, if it can go wrong, it's going to go catastrophically wrong right now. Like that, I it was on the tip of my tongue. That's crazy, but yeah, I I couldn't agree more. There, it just at the moment he couldn't make the wrong choice. It was almost always the minute he did. Jokes on us. Trevor Knight's marrying a Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Nobody ever said he's not a beautiful man. Yeah, that's why he BFJ's. It's over. Those days are over. I know it's gonna have to be retired. I wonder who the new one is. I wonder who the new BFJ is. We'll figure that out. We got time. All right, I have I have a couple of by the way <laughs> ideas, but I don't want to say. Okay, anything, no. uh, Josh, we uh, we suspended you and animate we we animated suspension suspended animation. That's what it is. Yep. Um, <laughs> let me ask you, just Cody Jackson, watching him in Houston. Um, any any, I don't know. It, it, what's your takeaway there? Was he clearly head and shoulders above most guys? Was he? Uh, was there anything about size or just speed or anything that gave you any pause or, or actually made you feel better about what OU's getting there? I came away feeling a little better, honestly. You know, I think I've been pretty open with you guys, with everybody on the board, that I have some questions about Cody Jackson. I saw him twice last year, and I think he might have had 50 yards receiving combined in those two games. Like, And that that's not all on him. He, in one game, he was facing Shadow Creek, which was – the eventual state champions had one of the best defenses in the state. Like there, there were some things that were beyond his control in that game. They just didn't have a lot of time to throw. But at the same time, <clears throat> I just didn't see him at times getting the separation I wanted him to see. I thought his route running looked cleaner uh, when I saw him on Sunday. He had a comeback on a uh, a play that we had video of. It was a great, just a great look, kind of him running a little comeback route, catches it, kind of falling out of bounds. Um, I thought you saw some of the finer points in his game starting to get better because we all know Cody Jackson can run vertically with anybody. I mean, he's got tons of speed. That's why OU loves him, and that's great. They can use him in that role even if those other things don't emerge. But at the same time, it's kind of like what you see with Charleston Rambo. Like, you've got to become more than just that guy. You can't just be the vertical threat. If you want to be a dominant receiver, you're going to have to fine-tune other parts of your game and I think you're starting to see that from him. And I think maybe even a recognition from him that, like, I've got to do more than that. I've got to be not just the guy that runs 40 yards and, you know, comes back to the huddle and waits to do it again the next play. So I, I like what I saw of him. I thought he was clearly the best receiver on hand. Uh, the 
MVP of the position award went to a kid from Katie, a tight end guy that was really very impressive. The, the receivers coach there just raved about him. And actually talking to that receivers coach, I talked to him a little bit about Cody as well, and he was like, man, it's all there. It just At times he'll fight with the ball a little bit. You can tell um, he's not as natural a receiver as like C.D. Lamb was in high school where if you threw it within you know his area code, C.D. was going to come down with it. Cody is maybe more physically gifted but doesn't have some of the fine-tuning yet that CD had. So I think it, it's just going to be him continuing to work and kind of develop. And I'm excited we get to see him at five-star, really see him against some elite corners, kind of yeah. watch him work, and uh, just kind of see where he is because I don't think he's really faced anything like that yet. Last last thing from me is, was there anyone there that was so good that maybe wasn't on OU's radar before but needs to be now? The guy that I really like, I'm glad you asked that, Bob, because I wanted to work him in somehow, was Kelvin Banks, uh, offensive lineman from Summer Creek uh, High School here in Houston, and is a guy that is currently committed to Oklahoma State, but he's a 2022 guy. Uh, I had a chance to talk with him a little bit during the camp. Oklahoma is aware of him. I, I'm pretty certain Bill Biedenboe has already come by to see him uh, this spring, and I think definitely does like him. But so far hasn't offered, hasn't gotten anything too serious down the road. But I would be pretty surprised if Oklahoma didn't eventually offer him. He's a big, long guy, very athletic, um, kind of rough around the edges, still has a lot to refine in his game. But, I mean, he's a guy in the middle of his sophomore year of high school. It's not that crazy or anything. So I, I like him a lot. I think he's a guy that could be maybe that next guy in Houston to pick up an offer before too terribly long. I will put his uh, highlights up from uh... – the camp on Sunday. I don't think I've done that yet, so I'll put that on the board. Well, God, Eddie, you've only run like seven content items, buddy. Let's do something here. The one thing I hadn't thought of. Damn it. Get your shit together. Well, I thought he was... I thought that's the guy that you told me, don't worry about him, he's an Oklahoma State commit. F*** him. <laughs> in, that w- in, those, in those exact words. I mm-hmm. think I said something on the end of... And he was doing like the... He was on a video yeah. chat, and he was doing the... Uh, like the, the the throat slash type thing. <laughs> that was from our live feed that we just chose not to send out to everybody. So it's fine. The grossy feed. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else that you wanted to hit on uh, from camp before we uh, move on to other business real quick, Josh? Or see no, at no, LA this weekend, coming. anything to expect out of that? No, the guy that I'm hoping will be there, and I need to check over the roster and see if he's finalized his plans, is Jalen Davies, uh, the cornerback from Modern Day. I kind of keep hearing Oklahoma's making some inroads with him. Is is probably a guy that Oklahoma will get an official visit from. Um, so we'll we'll kind of see what goes on there. But you know, there's there's Roy Manning. You know, I know we talked about him a little bit earlier. They're doing some positive work at corner. There there's some good stuff happening out there right now. Is uh, Brown going to be there? R- is- Relic Brown. Uh, yes, I think he is supposed to be, and obviously there is a lot of buzz right now about him in Oklahoma. I, I talked to Relic a little bit this week. Um, I don't get the impression anything's imminent with him. I do think Oklahoma's in a great spot with him, um, but I I get the impression he is. I mean, he's a 2023, uh, 2022 guy. He's just not in any big hurry. Yeah. He's going to take his time, but. I, I think Oklahoma. I, I honestly think him being at Modern Day is probably better for Oklahoma because there's more chances to get by, more re, you know, like not more chances, but more incentive to get by because you're going to be there anyway. And he's around other guys. OU is recruiting, and there, it's just more opportunity for Oklahoma to kind of make their presence felt. 
And it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, things are in a good position with Oklahoma right now, and you're just now putting DeMarco Murray and Jamar Kane on staff and getting them involved, being out there, making their inroads. Uh, so I, I would think it could only get better from this point on. Oh, I agree. Because, I mean, you've got to remember, when Kane took the job, I want to say probably within like five days, they sent out five or six West Coast kind of defensive end type offers. So you're just starting to see those guys getting used to, whether it's talking to Jamar Kane at all or just talking to him with a, you know, I guess a bigger stick to swing, you'd say. You know, I, I don't know how you feel about this, Josh, but I mean, we talked about it. We all talked about this, about how OU seemed to kind of get away from, you know, the California um, roots that they had built. And, you know, I think a lot of that was, uh, uh, I can't remember his whole thing, Tony dying and... Tony Perry. Tony, Tony Perry, Perry dying yeah. and, you know, and, and just not really having that presence out there. And the guys from Fresno really didn't pan out. I mean... That was another part of it. Well, it depends on what you're looking at on the football field, no. But <laughs> okay. LJ no, Moore made to... Bouncy Moore, no. Bouncy Moore <laughs> made quite the strides in the angel dust a... slash you, prostitution you ring. You always in regret City. bringing up LJ Moore. <laughs> Because I think fact. it's I think it's one of the funniest stories. It is. It's, it's not, and it's not funny because in OU, in OU football history, it's just an incredible, incredible story. It's Florida Eddie, man. Saying, I mean, it's, are you it, saying you see a future for him as like a talent evaluator? I mean, well, I don't know. Depending yeah. on the before well, and after sh- picture of shooters, uh, maybe the poor cheerleader would beg to differ on yeah, his evaluation. She didn't get but better looking under his care. Well, meth usually does that to a person. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Uh. So, yes, but, Fresno but no, has been right. mixed we'll reviews. We'll see how Caleb Kelly goes. Good luck to Caleb Kelly this year. <laughs> but here's the point I was getting. Do you feel like – tell me if I'm wrong. This might be my Colin Coward take of the day. Did Lincoln Riley and his staff get a little – as Josh and I say this, we have a big run at Sooner Scoop. We get sub-drunk. Um, did they get a little uh, commitment-drunk thinking, oh, well, you know, we're recruiting so well – when, when we first took over and, you know, we had that 2019 class, like, we can we can go into the Southeast and we can get some guys and, you know, we don't need to mess as much with California. Let's, we'll, we'll go tangle with the big boys. We think we can do that. Do you think some of that was there with this, that maybe they got a little um, commitment drunk? I don't know if it was like we're going to go into the southeast because I think Oklahoma is pretty realistic. Like it's got to be some unique scenarios. But know? even They've in Texas, I mean, you had the losses to Ohio yeah. State and Texas A and M. But adding in Southern Beamer, California, yeah, adding Beamer that, put puts you in there. Mm-hmm. And it and it also it gave them to a degree DC. I think that's yeah. the thing that's gone underrated about Beamer is how much that's changed. Yeah. I mean, Washington, D.C., the DMV area is huge for Oklahoma right now. I mean, they might get three or four of their more highly rated recruits in this class out of that area. I mean, that that's we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's early yet. But, I mean, you talk about Travion Henderson. You talk about Caleb Williams. But to kind of get back to your point, I don't think there's any question that Oklahoma let loose of what they had in Southern California. And you can't help but wonder if that – is I mean how what what would have happened because 
USC is way down. I mean, yeah, the fight against no, USC yeah. is easier now than it would have ever been. And UCLA it's is so non-existent it's not, it's not as a even competitor. A, it's not even a fight anymore. People exactly. aren't fighting UCLA. UCLA is yeah. a dead That's form. how bad it is. It's, or, it's but I mean, Oregon even, that you're fighting. Yeah, even Oregon's when your biggest battle. Even when UCLA had Jim Moore Moron, you know, as their coach, and they weren't any Be good. Nice to him. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, even when they were very mediocre, they were still keeping some kids at home that OU won. I mean, it was still a battle with yep. Buki in the end. I mean, oh, I like, mean, UCLA came in to Oklahoma and got Waraboka, went to Dallas and got Jamabo. I mean, they they. They were legit. They went to Alabama and took a linebacker from Alabama. Like, I mean, UCLA had it going there for a little while, but now. Beaches. I mean, and you think about it. Like, if you're a high school kid, okay, sure, you can stay in the same time zone. But, or like, Eugene, Oregon, and Los Angeles, you're going to tell me that's that different, you know, just socially, just everything than los angeles to norman if you like that's not some huge trees I, yeah i mean is there do i feel like the guys at st john bosco or any of the inner city schools are like god i'm missing the hikes i could take back home <laughs> like no i don't give a shit about norman that. just doesn't have the trails that i like yeah oh god thunderbird it's just there's not enough elevation over here uh the day somebody no. says that they need to drop that person immediately it's not good <laughs> not good for the program but I mean, Thunderbird. To be fair, you never know what you could find around Thunderbird. Well, it could I mean, be look, some meth. It could be a hooker. Yeah, I mean, but anything. hey, Oregon. Well, if you had, find the hooker there, she's already dead, and you can just take the meth. Oregon had <laughs> Colt Lyerla. I mean, you know, that's a name I haven't heard in a long time. Uh, he's in prison. He's in prison, right? I believe so. I believe that's right. And one of my all-time crushes. I love. And speaking of a blast from the past, Barry Every loved that kid more than anybody. He loves Colt Lyerla. And Coat Lyerla loved the coca. Yes. Wasn't he like living? His story's out there, isn't it? I think. I guess I'm not incriminating anybody if he's already in prison, but wasn't he like. You already have LJ Moore after you. What's one more felon? Oh, he's not coming back to Oklahoma City to take me out unless he's already here, which. You maybe, we should, maybe we should delete some of this if he's living <laughs> in Oklahoma City. I now don't feel safe. I've always thought somebody's going to kill you me you would when regret I regret this. To the garage in the morning. I'm just giving you an idea on how to off me, but <laughs> just wait for me to leave in the morning. There's nobody else up at Godforsaken time. Me and Carrie are the only people up in the state. Uh, wasn't he like doing drugs with his mom, though? Colt Lyera, like before high school games? Wasn't that always like a rumor out there? Oh, God. It wouldn't shock J Josh me. was privy to the Lyera, you know, rumors more than I was. Because he was, I, I mean, he was. Was he close to coming to Oklahoma? They were a contender because if you remember, he came once or twice because NUC had their national combine, like their 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 five star challenge, basically at Oklahoma, and so he had kind of come and seen the campus, and I knew he was interested. But then, like, he kind of went off the map his senior year, and nobody knew why. And then we're like, oh shit, he got in a bunch of trouble. Like it, it was. Like, he, he didn't just vanish to reporters. He vanished to everybody. And then he ended up at Oregon, and it seemed like Oregon was going to kind of drag him kicking and screaming to being the success he should have been, and then he screwed that up too. Yeah. Because he was just starting to get As screwed up as he Oregon. was, yeah, he could have been a great football player. Oh, God. I mean, like, we're, he'd, be, he'd be in that top five tight end in 
football conversation. Like Colt Lyler was special. Like that dude was a freak, but just couldn't get out of his own way. All right. Um, real quick, let's touch on kind of like this whole, um, you know, obviously OU is building toward the spring game, uh, March 18th. Uh, we have practice times and, Lincoln Riley is going to have a press conference on March 9th. Is that yep, right? Yep, Monday. Yep. Um, so it'll all get started then. So, and, you know, really good access. We'll have, you know, plenty of stuff for you uh, every week, uh, in the, except for the spring break when everybody's gone. Uh, so that was really good to see this week. And uh, really, though, I mean, spring has kind of become something where they, they set up the recruiting first. And then they kind of go from there. And I think that's why it's taken so long to kind of get us a schedule of how things are going to work because they want to know, okay, we're going to have a bunch of kids in here and there. But there's, aren't there a couple of dates in the spring that they're setting up to be pretty big? Isn't there one weekend besides the spring game they're also kind of pushing for? Like, aren't a lot of kids announcing, like, I'm visiting Oklahoma on such and such date? Well, the biggest one so far is this coming weekend. Right. So, you know, okay. We, we, but Yeah, the March I mean, 1st are, one, yeah. Yeah, they're going to be a little ball tickle. Others. Tell us what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, well, I, you know, I think the one that's obvious that everybody's going to get excited about is Latrell McCrutchen, the uh, cornerback from Austin LBJ, that is Rivals 100 guy, committed to Alabama, has been committed to Alabama for probably close to a year now, at least, at least since the summer. I mean, it's been a long time going. Oklahoma's making a real run at him, and I know – I think we touched on it way back when – um, he had made some tweet about, I'm going to shock the world someday or something along that, those lines. And like Drew Hill and Lincoln Riley and several other people liked it. And you were like, well, what's, what the hell is that about? And just talking to some people, Oklahoma has made an impression on him. I, I think there is an absolute chance for Oklahoma to get in this race and be a serious contender. And maybe, maybe more than that. We, we will kind of see what happens. This weekend's obviously going to tell us a lot more, but this isn't a guy just coming on a token trip. He really is interested. He wants to see what Oklahoma has. And I think the fact that Oklahoma never shied away, even after he committed Alabama, I think kind of resonated with him. I think they potential he liked flip? it. Potential flip this I, weekend? I I don't know if it'll happen this weekend, but I if you told me be next within weekend. the next two weeks something happened, it wouldn't shock me. I don't think that's crazy. Would that be enough of a... Say that does happen. Say Latrell McCutcheon does flip. Would that be enough to make a blanket statement that, and I know it'd be very reactionary, I guess, but would that be enough to say that what Roy Manning, what Alex Grinch is doing on that side of the ball is starting to reach some people? Or has that message already been sent out as far as what they were able to do with Bryson Washington and you know that Joshua Eaton, that group from last year? I think you can I, – I thought last year you started to see some reason to believe, like the Perrion Winfrey commitment. I mean, yeah, people – because that happened so early and that kid never really wavered, everybody kind of forgets about him. Like that guy had Florida State, Alabama. I mean, he had huge offers and picked Oklahoma and never seemed to doubt it for a second. So I, I think there is – a growing belief in what they're doing. And I, I think what you can see is if you can give Oklahoma, like if that production starts really getting going and they're, they're putting out quality defense and you're starting to get these more NFL draft picks and all these things can come together, 
I think it's pretty clear Alex Grinch, Roy Manning, Brian Odom, Calvin Thibodeau, and I've got every reason to believe Jamar Cain as well can recruit. And they're going to be fine if you give them more tools to do it, or I guess if you want to say they give themselves more tools to recruit, they're going to take off and be in really good shape. I, I, I think in if you can keep the majority of that group together two or three years from now, the talent on this defense I think will look very, very different than what we're seeing right now. How long did it take you guys to realize he was on Friday Night Tikes? Oh, no. Latrell McCutcheon? Yes, season I'm, four. First. That, oh, you're talking I to you're talking to the president of <laughs> Little Tykes and Josh McQuestion. I'm surprised that wasn't the first I'm thing he just noticed. Learning this, and I will tell you, I can't stand that show. <laughs> got to drop him. Got to drop him. <laughs> I, I only watched season one, it. and I loved it. And then the I was on Directv, and the package I had didn't include what, what Esquire was? is what it was yeah, called. Yeah, I didn't have that anymore, or something. So I didn't get Esquire to watch it, I something else I now. Yeah, I'm sure. Close. Um, was he on the good that, team? I'm disappointed. I don't remember, but he he was a star of like season three or four. That's pretty funny. And I was like, where I have heard this name before? That's it. It's <laughs> a quality name. Which Roma Cutchin is a that's a that's an NFL name. And then on a serious note, Josh, we'll see if he has an athletic it's a, head. It's but a first that, I feel like that's a name, that's yeah. a good name. Has he recovered from his injury? He says that he's getting, uh, like, it sounds like he is confident. I think he told me it was, I think, three weeks or something before he can start getting a little more serious with some of the stuff he can do. Um, but, I mean, like, he's up, moving around on it, you know, all those kind of things. Like, it's it's progressing the way it should. He's just having to wait the, the time that he is, you know, required. But it sounds like everything is moving in the right direction. It's going to be okay. I don't think he's going to do spring practice at LBJ, but um, – I do plan to get out and see him as soon as he's active and doing something, whether that's you know this summer with seven on seven stuff for the school or whatever that may be. But I'm going to definitely try and go go get a look at him and kind of let everybody have a up close look. And obviously, watching him, you get to watch another visitor from this weekend, Andrew Makuba, who's making his second trip up. Another LBJ defensive back that I really like on tape. I I think he is a guy. It's not hard to see why. I believe in the last week he's picked up offers from like. Auburn, um, is A&M offered him yet? I'm trying to pull up his profile as we sit here and talk about it. But, I mean, he is a guy that is really starting to take off as more people know about him. Because I want to say somebody had told me, like, last year was his first year of football or his first year of high school football or something. I don't know his whole story yet. But, like, Auburn, um, Ole Miss, Nebraska, Tennessee, uh, he's got some good offers. Alabama has offered him. So, I mean, there are – and he's now making his second trip up. So if you could, you know, if you wanted to go in with him, you'd have to think that helps your chance with McCutcheon because they've talked about wanting to play together. You go down that road, then you have two of your defensive back spots filled, and you can really start putting a hard pressure on the guys like Jaqueline Johnson or Jalen Davies, who we already talked about. You can really start trying to put together a DB class that could totally change the narrative of your your secondary. I'm wondering if we're not. Um... Eddie, if we're not, uh, if we don't have a little bit of uh, subconscious about Latrell McCutcheon, because you got Seth Latrell and Daniel McCutcheon, former all-time OU great baseball pitcher. Yeah, maybe maybe that's clouding our judgment of how good a name Latrell McCutcheon is. Mm. I think it's a pretty good name. It's pretty good. I think it's going to hold up for the test of time. Bob, 
I want to ask you, because you you do a very good job of kind of looking at things from a a bigger picture. I think you're better about that than I am. Does it surprise you you when you look at our visitor list how many, like, 2022, 2023 guys are on this list? Like, it's not 2021 crazy. No. They are clearly bringing in a lot of young guys to start even getting those conversations. Well, they got to get ahead of the bag men. Well, and, like, when Eddie uh, posted the black uh, black unicorn with Ruben Owens, people are like, why? It's like, this is what OU is doing. They are talking to 2023 right now, and I think it's because of that recruiting calendar. They spent the entire month, January and December, figuring out 2021. There will be some still some 2021 offers going out but they did the bulk of that work already and now they're over they're starting okay who are the guys we want to get a jump start for 2022 and 2023 it's just weird how the calendar is accelerated and gets younger and younger every single time they want to they want to get ahead of the game that's what you have to do though isn't it isn't that what we've been sitting here saying for three years now is like if they if you want to make a difference in recruiting you have to develop these relationships. By the time those kids get to college, uh, Georgia's offensive coordinator is going to be Alabama's nutritionist. Maybe. Is that like the biggest? I, it's just kind of funny. It's kind of. It's like. It's kind of like uh, throwing a. You know, if somebody throws a pack of fire firecrackers. In a schoolyard, can't do that nowadays. You can't do that anymore. But and you're but you we weren't the ones that threw it, but we'll damn sure be the ones that watch the internet video to oh, see yeah, how it works sure. out. Like that's what I like about it. It's not us having to deal with it, but just this battle of oh, we won a fight against. We took one. Saban took one on the chin. We. I- we stole his strength coach and made him our special teams coach. I like the uh, Alabama fans that were in, I think it was Andy Staples' Twitter yesterday. Yeah, about trying to convince him it wasn't <laughs> he, a big deal. He wasn't any good anyways. It's like, if Jesus. Saban really wanted to keep him, he would that, that was a good one, too. If Saban wanted him here, he'd be here, God damn it. Yeah, Alabama was paying him more money than any other strength coach in the country because he was so shit. That's uh, why that was happening. It is kind of interesting that how late some of these coaching changes have uh, have happened, I guess. Well, they don't and, care anymore because the calendar's so screwed up. They just do what they want when they want. No, they do. Yep. And, you know, you saw, obviously, the Mel Tucker stuff. And I think we all agreed that not only was Alex Grinch not going to Colorado, I don't know how much was actually even there to begin with. I think with. I'd hire Alabama's strength coach before I'd hire Carl Durrell to coach my team, by the way. That's just You're a shockingly bad hire. But... I think that's screams. just as a whole. The Pac-12 is is dead. The Pac-12. Yeah, I they think hired the, a search firm that recommended Carl Durrell <laughs> to be their head coach. The coldest take of all time, and I was one hundred percent in this group, was the people that thought OU needs to head out west. Like, could that, that was one of them. that that would have been but the was, worst decision the school had ever made. Well, besides building an honors college at the time, it was a different time though. Yeah, I, I I think it. I mean, I think the, it's been we didn't know. Larry Scott screwed up that conference's TV deal so poorly. Yep. Like it, now it's a shit conference. Even I mean, then if OU and OSU or OU and Texas had gone and joined them, it would have totally changed that conference. Are we? Eddie, Larry Larry Scott makes Bob Bowlesby look like I don't know 
Paul Tagliabue or Roger Cotton <laughs> or Roger Goodell. He was at the peak last night. They had the entire they Big did. 12 outfit out there. Actually, you could say Bob Bowlesby makes Larry Scott look like Bud Selig. How about that? Oh, yeah. That's not something you never want to <laughs> be compared to. Is, is, <laughs> it's, a, it's a tie. Would, oh. we, would we be saying this, though, about the Pac-12 if USC, if USC had... Just if they say, weren't shit if they, right now. If yeah. they had won a national championship in the last five years, would Look, we be saying Oregon's, this about the Pac-12? If Oregon stays on this track and USC comes back, and let's just say Arizona State becomes like Texas Tech for them, mm -hmm. I think that's their ceiling with Herm yeah. Edwards. He's getting good players in there. Mm -hmm. um, Every I, I mean, fifth year could really compete. They, I think that's fair. That could make them better than the Big 12 in a down year, but yep. it's still not going to help their revenue because their TV deal sucks and the interest sucks. Well, I mean that's the thing. Like, so you throw in Texas, Oklahoma to that roster of teams, where and the and the pinnacle that USC and Oregon have clearly proven they can reach, Oklahoma and Texas being who they are. Throw in I don't know Kansas for basketball or something, and you tell me they couldn't get a good TV deal. I mean that's a yeah. lot of country. You have Oklahoma and Texas. Of, that's going to yep. carry your TV deal. But yep, you'd have not, Los Angeles, but, Dallas, Houston, but. Texas is not only Texas, but OU also. They both f that up. The possibility. By the way, that's not double digit f bombs of the politics. Oh yeah, it, nice. it, it literally. It, I I don't see. Carrie, do you see on Ash where Wednesday. that's even possible God, anymore? Carrie, no, I don't. I don't know what Eddie just said either. So it's, all, it's Ash Wednesday, and we're Ash, just dropping f bombs Wednesday. all over the place. Well, you're Catholic. I'm gonna have not. to go to confession. Yeah, I bet. I, I like that I'm going tonight. Said it like yeah, he man. wasn't the primary culprit of all the F bombs. It was Tony Grossi that was. Yes, he forced us to do it. Tony, we, you now need to apologize for that. We just shit keep too. saying what he said. No, but I. <laughs> I won't go down that path. I'm sorry. Um, Josh, re ask your question that you asked me again. No, I was going to say, do you even see a window anymore where Oklahoma would head to the Pac-12? Like, I can't think of any no, scenario where that no, makes sense anymore. No, not when it, they've and, not when they've continually gone to the college football playoff in the situation they're in. I, if I'm Oklahoma, I'm working toward the Big Ten. If I'm if I'm going to Big gonna Ten move, or SEC, I, I I just but, I don't think the base is there for the SEC. I don't think that makes sense. But you I know what? Nebraska scares the shit out of me going to the Big Ten. You're not wrong. It, I, I, I would say if I'm heading the Big Ten, I'm taking Texas with me because I don't. Texas doesn't want to go to the SEC. I know they don't. There's no way you they just can't. Go I mean, route. look. Here's what. Here's where I am today on this. I'm not for going to the Pac-12. I just think that you have to stay more than conference affiliation, strength, all that stuff. And Clemson is a perfect example of this. You have to stay as close to your recruiting base as possible. And you have to play as at least half your games within those borders. You just do. That's more important than your TV deal. You, you, I mean, you always want to make as much money as possible. And the Big 12 will never be making as much money as the Big 10 or the SEC. But their program is still going to have a chance to be really good year after year as long as they are playing most of their games inside the borders of their recruiting base. I just Nebraska and Missouri, to me, prove, Arkansas proves, that once you get out of your you know recruiting base and play most of your games outside of that recruiting base, it kills your program. But, I mean, so, okay, you say you're right. So who is... 
what big base does Oklahoma have in the SEC other than Texas? Oh, I'm not saying it's a it was it's it's the idea to me the ideal yeah. situation is the Big 12 now. It just is. You're probably right. And I I was there with everybody else because look, I'm still down on the Big 12. I still think it's a shit league. I still get frustrated. I mean, that home schedule if I was if I was a season mm. ticket holder, I'd get pissed off every year my season tickets came in and that schedule came out. Does the Big 12 try and get the Pac-12? Go That's pick best their case scenario. That's best is to make a full court press for Arizona and Arizona State because the TV deal and the revenue is so bad. But then mm-hmm. you've got to stop being these teams that are like like Kansas State and Iowa State and all these people that are like, we, can, we don't want to expand because we don't want to give up any of our money. How do we know we'll still get the same amount of money? If How do we know we won't have to give up some of that to Arizona and Arizona State? Well, shit, you need to tell them what the money's going to look like as a group of five team once OU and Texas leave and they suddenly have no more money. Go ask Boise how that goes when your TV deal gets renegotiated with CBS and then they take away your Yeah, that's happening to them right now, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Basically, Boise State said, oh, we'll stay in this conference but you're going to pay us more than everybody else. And they said, that's fine. Until they got their new TV deal. They just conveniently said, okay, you don't get more money now. They got, They had to have seen that. So now coming, Boise right? is suing the Mountain West or whatever they are. They had to have seen that coming. I'm telling you. I mean, Boise State doesn't ca- necessarily carry the same weight that they did. I don't ten know, years fi- ago. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was gonna yeah. say fifteen, but I'll give you ten. Since yeah. since Peterson left, basically. I mean, we've gotten out of the stage of where. People are going on campaigns to kick Baylor out of the conference now. At least we're past that. I think everybody figured out, oh, shit, these guys got a lot of money. <laughs> oh, my God. It's ridiculous maybe, how much money they have. And maybe, I know people don't want to hear this, but right now, maybe one of the best athletic programs in the country. When you talk about the success they're coming off of with Matt Rule, I mean, their basketball teams are both well, get ready. top five. Buckle up because that football program is coming with money. Four players. Yeah. I think say if it's not Aranda, they'll find somebody who will. <laughs> I mean, they'll they'll find somebody who's going to get it sorted out. Baylor Baylor's not going to be bad at sports for the foreseeable future. They employed Art Bryles. You think they're willing to do anything? It goes back to the. Yes, uh, they it are. Goes Hell, they defended Art Bryles. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. They launched a campaign. Uh-huh. Cab. I mean, come on. Oh my gosh. Truth don't lie. It kind of. You know what? It's. I think. I think it's been enough time now. It kind of goes back to the uh, Amy Schumer Friday Night Lights, Coach Taylor. You know what'd she say? You don't remember that skit? Uh huh. Where they had to keep telling the high school players that they can't rape people. I don't think I even ever saw. <laughs> you that. never saw no. that. No, was it SNL? It was Comedy Central. I think oh, it was okay. like an Amy Schumer. Oh, show. like her show. Was it yeah. Her show. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, you should go on YouTube and look that up. But it was great because she if I played, had a demented personality. I'm she mine. played Coach Taylor's wife, and in every scene, her wine glass just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> That's pretty funny. So anyway, um, anything else you want to hit on, on on recruiting, bringing guys in, Josh? Before we get out of here today. Um. No. You know, like I, there, there's. I wouldn't say there's anybody like I'm an immediate. I mean, McCutcheon's interesting. We'll kind of see what happens there. 
Um, the only other guy I would say to kind of keep an eye on is Connor Tolleson, the uh, offensive lineman from Missouri that's coming in. Uh, he's one of those guys that, oh, you made the offer, and everybody's like, who the hell is this guy? And then, like, A&M offered him, and he's starting to pick up a lot of national attention. And it's just Bill Biedenboe being really good at his job. So I, you know, you look at how Oklahoma's recruited in Missouri and really Kansas, kind of those two states over the last, you know, 10, 15 years. You've got to think Oklahoma's got a real chance there if they want to push for him. And I, I get the impression he's a guy they like. So we'll we'll see what happens. But I don't expect a lot of fireworks out of this weekend. But if one or two guys came down, it wouldn't shock me. You know what's crazy? He's mentioned Missouri linemen. I just realized this last year that Evan Bame is still in the NFL. That's a name I've not heard in a while. <laughs> He was he was probably one of my all time best relationships with a guy that didn't go to Oklahoma. Yeah, I, like, I you felt guys like when hit he hit it off pretty good. Yeah, like I felt like when he let me know he was going to be Missouri, like he was almost like apologizing. I'm like, dude, it's fine. Like it's it's okay. What you know, like what what went into it? Like I'm like asking questions. He's like, yeah, you know, I just you know I loved Oklahoma, man. Like I'm like, dude, it's fine. Like don't sweat it. But uh, so yeah, he he I would say he and Malik Jefferson are probably my top two that I I really got to know well, and they went elsewhere. Now and he Malik, wasn't Kyler's Malik was center Randall. last year, was he? He might have been. Let's see. He's with the Dolphins now. Hmm. He's a freaking offensive lineman, so there's no stats to show where he was, what year, uh, with what team. Exactly. He had four starts last year. Great. That's awesome. Uh, he's still in the league. Yeah, still collecting a check. What what year is this for him? Uh, he was a fourth round pick in 2016, so not that long ago. Yeah, kind of tells you. I mean, I guess he probably spent five years in Columbia, so that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, no, he wouldn't have been because let's see, December, uh, August 30, 2019, Bain was traded to the Miami Dolphins along with undisclosed draft pick. I what? wonder. Do you think he maybe was connected to – no, because August 30th, that wouldn't have made sense. I was wondering if he was connected to the um, Rosen trade. Yeah. Mm. No, because he was an indie before that. What an electric into the pod today. Yeah, yeah, exciting. Evan Bain, <laughs> stats from former Missouri We Center. always have to have that little segment <laughs> where we know the pod is definitely over. Yeah. And this was brought to you by Evan Bain. Do we have anything to add to the pod less exciting than Evan Bain? <laughs> Oh, I, I was going to say baseball, but I wasn't going to say that's I less exciting. I was just going to say, Oklahoma's <laughs> going down to the Shriners College Classic this weekend. Uh, it actually is. like It's a huge weekend for Oklahoma and an opportunity to uh, play some really good competition and kind of, I, in a way, see where they are, see where they stack up. Uh, certainly, you know, I think everybody would be looking to Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock. It's over at Minute Maid. So oh, Oklahoma, it's in the Cheaters Park. Yeah, see if Arkansas be banging Sunday. on some trash cans with Cade Cavalli up on the mound. Uh, but, no, 3 o'clock, Arkansas, 11 a.m. on Saturday against Missouri, 11 a.m. on Sunday against LSU. And I'm pretty sure Texas is down there as well. In fact, I know Texas is down there as well. So that's a... It, it's Josh, a, that'd be a nice getaway for you and Linda this weekend. It's a huge thing. I'm sure she's a baseball fan. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, had to get it. Is actually, this racist in there? May I may end up at that LSU game. Um, as you oh, guys you got know, some family, got some, don't you? Uh-huh, exactly. So we, we may oh, go try Jesus. and see that. I hadn't even thought about it. So No, it uh, it it is kind of a big weekend, though. So we'll, uh, we'll keep an eye on it. I don't think that any of those games are televised, but I don't know that for a fact. So uh, look for something. We'll put up a little preview on the uh, board here and 
probably tomorrow. I wonder if there'll be any mini cars involved since it's the Shriners. Uh, I they so they have some type of thing in between the games because I each school has a kid that they're uh, sponsoring, I guess, and they all raise money and then. I don't know how they present it or whatever. However, it I goes, love the Shriners parade when I was a kid. The guys driving around on mini motorcycles and I just never cars. got it. I just never understood what was I didn't going either. On. It was just like, like why? It was fascinating. Why are to they me. doing this? It's a bunch of old men on tiny vehicles. It was fascinating. Hmm. Bet Jerry Sandusky wasn't. <laughs> okay. All right. There's 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 your the moment. Final. Final reason that we need to end the pod right now. All right. Thanks to Josh. Thanks to Eddie. Thanks to Bob. Uh, we'll be back again next week as we inch closer and closer to the start of spring football starting on March the 10th. Lincoln Riley press conference coming up March 9th. And then a big recruiting weekend coming up uh, March 1st. So uh, looking forward to that. Uh, make sure to keep checking in on the website. Bob and Eddie doing a great job with the basketball coverage uh, as well as keeping up. Uh, Bob still doing his series on the uh, freshmen that didn't play last year and how they're coming along. That's been great uh, to follow. in the NFL Combine coming up uh, Thursday night to tomorrow night, uh, depending on when you're listening to this program. be great to see CeeDee Lamb out there going through some drills, what Neville Gallimore can do in the testing, uh, what Jalen Hurts looks like throwing the football around. So a lot of good stuff coming for uh, OU fans for football and basketball. So stay tuned here uh, right at the Unofficial 40 Podcast. We'll keep you updated. Until next time, uh, we'll be back next week on the unofficial 40 from SoonersCoop.com.